Hello and welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mm-hmm. mission. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Dan Dimite, and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Aaron Richards. Hey, everybody. Glad are, to be with you again. How are you doing, Aaron? It's been a great day. I hope you guys are experiencing a great day as, as well and as you're listening. Heck yeah. We are going to have an incredible show for you today. We Can't have wait. our good friend, Father Ben Mullenkamp, coming on, and he is yes. just going to rock your world <laughs> on just the power of a spirit-filled priest. Dude, like, it's just awesome. Father Ben is an amazing priest and uh, an awesome pastor. You know, I know that in uh, in in the church world, I think oftentimes we just we fall into the routine of believing that every spiritual effort has to be provided by our priest. And Father Ben does such a good job of actually enabling his parish to be a family. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's actually exemplifying what it means to be a dad, what it means to be a father to his flock. You know, I, I know I'm a I'm a father of four kiddos and. Um, if my family relies on me to fulfill every desire and need and joy that we that we want to experience, our family is going to be coming up short, right? <laughs> yeah, a family is not a dictatorship, and, yeah. da- and a dad is not a dictator. He's he he enables the uh, the growth and the development and the leadership of of those in the family uh, yeah. to operate as a community. And I think that's what the priesthood is as well: a spiritual father who enables and empowers and equips his people to rise up and to be the church. Yeah, and, and true true fatherhood, you actually desire for your for your children to to achieve a level of success a level of growth a level of maturity that's even beyond yourself right yep you know a joke about if you're if you're a member of a sports team right how how terrible of a coach would you have if if your coach's desire was to see the kids rise up to his or her level of athletic prowess and and achieve no further like that would be miserable right yeah, the best coaches <laughs> enable people to like go beyond their yes. own and that's what fathers do they raise people up beyond them and and i think that's you know if, if you've been pointing a finger or if you're tempted to point a figure finger at your priest and say man he should be doing this or he should be doing this i wonder if we could just change that finger and point it right to yourself and say God, am I called to do this? What am I called to do yeah. to be the church in my parish? How can I take ownership over my parish and really help lead ministry? Because the the ministry of Christ Jesus was not only poured out uh, for priests and bishops. We are all baptized into the ministry of Jesus Christ. We are anointed priest, prophet, and king, and we have to lay claim to our God-given anointing as lay people to get behind the ministry of the priesthood to make our parishes Amazing. All right, Aaron, Woo. before we go any further, we are going to pray. Does that sound good? That sounds good. All right, you want to start or you want me to start? I'll kick it off. All in the right, name of the Father it. and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, thank you for the priesthood. Thank you, God, for calling us into a family. Thank you, Jesus, for being such a witness of, of what it means to, to be raised up to support. God, thank you for being our good shepherd. We pray, Jesus, for every priest. We pray, Jesus, for our bishops. God, we pray that you would continue to lead and guide them in leading and guiding us. God, uh, let us be a part of this family. Jesus, show us what show us what it means to be family. Allow us to say yes to you and to receive boldly and zealously every gift that you want to give us for the upbuilding of your bride. 
Lord, we just pray for revival of our Catholic parishes, that you would just set them on fire. I know that you have greater desires for your church and for your parishes. And so, Lord, we just pray that your desires would be met. I pray that you would exceed our expectations, that you would allow our minds to be blown by how amazing you are and and the great works and wonders that you can accomplish here on earth when you send your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would renew the priesthood and you would renew the lay faithful, that we would work together to make our parishes um, vehicles of evangelization in the modern world, vehicles of restoration in the modern world. We pray this Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we're used to calling our priest pastor. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we 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 have delegated, if you will, um, pastoring to our pastors. And and maybe we've forgotten uh, our own call as lay people mm-hmm. to be a pastor. Um, Aaron, could you talk a little bit about what is the significance of being a pastor? Yeah. I mean, to it, what's our what's our common connotation when we think of pastor? It's one who pastors sheep, right? It's a it's a shepherd who pastors sheep and um and you know, there there's such an incredible amount of love that's got to be invested in in the people that you lead in order to actually be led in such a way that that you desire to go through the dirty work of engaging in their success. You know, uh, I, I have never pastored sheep in my life, uh, but mm. I do know that it's dirty work, right? Yeah. You see, you, I think sometimes we see the picture of Jesus carrying the sheep on his on his shoulders, and it's like, man, this came out of like a J.C. Penny. Ca- Does J.C. Penny still exist? I don't, I don't even know. know. <laughs> yeah. This came out of some huh. kind of a catalog, right? <laughs> where where you've got like this beautiful picturesque environment. Um, that's not how animals exist, right? <laughs> that's not any barn that I've ever seen. That yeah. that the the pastor that the the one that goes after that lost sheep that that. There's such a there's such a sacrifice involved to be able to actually um, carry to carry one who is lost to carry one who's struggling to carry one who's suffering for for his or her good. Yeah, and it's a process that we don't just uh, we we can't like expect that ministry is just going to be like um, one and done all the time. Like that, it, you know, I can just love a person here and then walk away. Yeah. You know that that a. Uh, the shepherd like lives with a sheep, you know, yeah. like they spend like hours upon hours upon hours with their sheep and, and they lead them um, into the green pastures. They yeah. lead them into the places of, of goodness and richness. And, uh, you know, I think that the pastor's heart is one that's just willing to be patient and, and love people and love people and love people until they see breakthrough. Yep. yep. And, uh, and I think that's what we're seeing with father Ben that he loves, he, he loves his people in such a genuine, um, humble way. And, and he loves them until the point of breakthrough. And, and it's not like I I want breakthrough now or or I'm walking away. It's I'm just going to love you and create family with you. And then because of that, he's seen incredible breakthrough. Yep. Yep. He's a great witness. And, uh, let's quit talking about him. Let's bring him on. All right. So we're gonna take a short break. Well, after this break, we're going to bring on father Ben Mullenkamp. You are going to be amazed listeners. So don't go anywhere. And you're going to hear from our good friend. Hey, I just have to say this. God is not an overbearing jerk father. He's a good and loving father. And you're his kid. And he loves you. When you mess up, he's not excited to come down on you like a ton of bricks. He's not waiting for his next chance to come down on you because you're going to mess up again. And he'll be watching. 
Sometimes that's our experience of an authority figure in our lives. And sometimes that experience works its way into how we see God the Father. But that's not God. That's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus revealed. God loves you so much, he found you worth dying for. Now that reality doesn't make me have peace with my sin. It makes me want to work on my sin harder, but not with the spirit of a slave, with the spirit of a son. God's a good father, and he loves his kids, and you're one of them. Remember that. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Hello and welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Mm-hmm. So we have with us here on air, Father Ben Mullenkamp. Father Ben, thank welcome. you for coming. Yes, dude, we are so we are so blessed to have pastors like you in this church. Thank yeah. you so much. Amen. Oh, it's a delight. It's a delight. So, um, gosh, how long have I known you now, Dan? Was it like two thousand? Yeah, we've known each other for a long time. You have a hilarious story about... uh, So I was on a reality TV show, listeners, um, in 2006. I don't know if you know this, but Dan Demetri is kind of a big deal. It it was a reality (laughs) TV show about uh, guys that's turning priesthood or the married life. Uh, It was called God or the Girl. And it was was as ridiculous as it sounds. Yes, yes, it was pretty funny. but, But it's hilarious because in 2006... Father Ben, who did you watch God or the Girl with, this, this show about discerning the priesthood? So at that time, I was having these little nudges to maybe think about, you know, becoming a priest. And then my girlfriend at that time said, there's this great show on a and You should come over. And so we were having, I think it was like Wednesday night, maybe. I'm so, not sure when I was. So Dan destroyed your relationship. <laughs> anyway, he's like... You should come and watch the show with me, God of the Girl. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then, ironically, you were, you know, obviously, Dan, you were on that show. And then you ended up choosing the girl. I did choose the girl. The I rejected God. The girlfriend. And went to seminary. <laughs> you know, Father, you've, you've thought that this whole time, but really this was her little secret ploy. <laughs> She was trying to figure out how to break up with Ben. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know. I'll convince him to become a priest. <laughs> so if you're in a difficult relationship and you don't know how Ladies, to end listen it. closely. Just YouTube, God, or the girl. It's so funny because it's true. And, and then I ended up studying as a layperson at the seminary. And, and Father, you were a seminarian at the time. So we were able to go to the seminary together, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not reject God. I, I chose... I, I chose marriage, uh, God through the girl, I like to say. It's a little cleaner than God or the girl. <laughs> but I am glad, <laughs> Father, that you have chosen the holy priesthood. Could you maybe yes. share with us um, how you came into faith uh, in Jesus Christ and how he led you to an amazing life of mission? Absolutely. So I grew up in this little town south of Fort Wayne, Indiana, called Geneva, out in the country, actually, on a dairy farm. Nice. And on that dairy farm, you need you're working by yourself a lot. You know, we'd be milking the cows before school, after school. You know, you're just working hard every day. And, you know, as I'm sitting there and driving my tractors and stuff, I was always thinking, you know, what? What do I want to do with my life to make me happy? And I always thought, you know what? If I could just have more John Deere tractors, mm. more land, and more cows, <laughs> that's the greatest 
thing that the Lord could ever I give tell me. myself oh, that yeah, all the time. Daily. More dairy cows, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> then I would be happy. Welcome to Encounter I've, I've Radio, the show kingdom. for farmers by farmers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, as you know, as this teenage boy, I mean, that's that's the ultimate. And if I could then also get married, then I would have everything. I love like, that. Literally, my kingdom that would be complete. And, You're um, speaking to a whole new demographic, Father, that we have never reached. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, I remember when I was a junior in high school, though, I really didn't know much about my faith. My family very faithful people, but we're also hardworking farmers. And so we've been, milking, you know, it wasn't like my parents were sitting around a lot and we were just reading from the Bible. Like, we'd pray before meals, we'd go to church on Sunday, and occasionally we'd, we'd pray a rosary. Yep. And that was that was it. And so... I remember going uh, when I was like a junior in high school to church on a Sunday with a friend of mine because we were in South Dakota, and I remember walking out of that Protestant church feeling just really dissatisfied in my heart, and mm. I, like like something was missing. And I'm telling you, it would be like six, it'd be like five or six years later until I'd figure that out. Yeah, what was missing, and ultimately, that would be the Eucharist. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm a senior in high school. I put a lot. Of, <laughs> I'm a senior in high school. I'm hanging out uh, with this girl that I really liked at the time. Her name's Nikki. So she says, "You know, you have to go to college. You can't stay here on the farm. You have mm-hmm. to go to college. You need to come to college with me. If you stay here, you're going to be all by yourself." And I thought, oh. "She's right." So <laughs> through no credit of my own, April of my senior year, I just said, "I'm going to go to college." You know, zero thought into it. I go to college, um, and. I'm living a life of a used car salesman. <laughs> now I'm a used religion salesman. But anyway, <laughs> um, living a life of a you know used car salesman, going to college at the same time. And this girl that I had a crush on for years, her name was Allison. Uh, Hi, Allison. We started dating more seriously. And during this time of my life, I was just you know going to church on Sunday and just kind of living a life of entertainment you know, not really passionately following the Lord whatsoever. Sure. Just kind of, it was all about fire insurance, right? Like, got to go to church on Sunday, put a 20 in the collection, and, you know. Man, you're, go you're generous. You know what? <laughs> I look back at that time, and I'm like, wow, like, I was generous. Yeah. <laughs> Used car salesman, given, given to the yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I was also hoping, like, Lord, okay, if I give you some money here, then you're going to, like, multiply that, right? Mm, there you, you know. go. Cows. Anyway. It was a negotiation with the Lord. So anyway, um, so I start dating this girl, Allison, and at one point she said, you know what, I found out that you Catholics, you only raise your kids Catholic, and I'm not going to raise my kids Catholic. And I'm like, oh. She goes, so either you quit being Catholic or we're done. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's a and good what do you tactic think this 22-year-old man said to her? <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? And what do you think my reply was to her when she said either you quit being Catholic or um, we're done? I'm going to guess you said, uh, okay, I'll quit being Catholic. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. <laughs> she was really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> she was really pretty. <laughs> so, anyway, this is I'm, I'm trying to tell you the thoughts of my time at that time. Like, sure, this anyway, is great. Anyway, four days later, I'm at a family get-together. My cousin Paul, who was not always living the best life that I remember when I was, you know, growing up, 
he starts telling me all about the stuff he's been learning. He gave me like those CDs that you see in the back of the church. Mm-hmm. Five of those. And the problem is, is that when you start listening to truth about the faith, you're like, dang, I don't. So I, anyway, turns out when I started asking questions to my then girlfriend Allison, that's not a good way to build a relationship when you start saying, you know, when did your church start? Twenty years ago? What's going on? Here? Oh man. You know? So that didn't work out, but my relationship with the Lord really took off. Praise and the Lord, Lord placed on my heart a hunger to know Him and know about Him. And um, before you know it, I started doing youth ministry, which, do you guys know anything about youth ministry? Hey. Uh, never have done any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Time or two. We we got into a, um, I got involved with a large life teen parish uh, called St. Vincent's here in Fort Wayne. And uh, my heart was just changed, and the Lord... Like, just by serving those kids, like, I started to develop, like, a heart for service and a heart for the Lord, mm-hmm. and it really kind of brought it all together. And so that's where my life really began to change, and my friendships began to change, and my life just kind of took on a new trajectory. Wow, that's uh, amazing. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And at that time, when I was doing youth ministry there, it was a little bit charismatic, you know, like, things, some wild stuff would happen at our retreats, you know, the priest would be, like, speaking, like, doing some prophecy. I remember seeing things like um, the Holy Spirit came down, like, whole groups of people just got the gift of laughter, and, (laughs) you know, even myself, Mm -hmm. the Lord spoke to me one time when we were at a retreat, and He just said, your life is worth nothing without me. And I'm like, what? That's great. (laughs) Father, such a, such, a, such a good witness. I, I think a lot of times as Catholics, we we might have the perspective that in order to jump into mission, I've got to be ready. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's such a great witness of the fact that oftentimes in saying yes, in fact, in my own life, every time in saying yes, that's when God has made me ready. Mm, amen to that. Oh. Well, anyway, what's interesting is after I had this crazy experience where I felt like the Lord prayed uh, spoke those words to me, and I could just, I didn't even have to, like, balance myself. The Lord just, like, I don't know, angels or someone would hold me up as I was kneeling there in adoration. After that, someone walked up to me, and they said, are you okay? And they put their hand on me, and they said, you're worthy. And I'm like, <laughs> what the what is going on here? So I just started crying. I'm like, why am I crying? What's wrong? With, what's going on here today? But that was always my worry, that I could never be a priest because I didn't feel worthy. Wow. And the Lord spoke to that deepest fear, and He said, you're worthy. And so I ended up, you know, breaking up with the girl that I was dating at that time uh, and uh, going to seminary uh, where I met Dan. So that, that was wild. And before I said yes to going to seminary, I never had a deep-down peace. Even when I was dating her, even though... Like, everything seemed to just be coming together in my life. There was never the deep-down peace. There was always this unsettledness in me. But from the moment I went to go talk to the vocation director until this very moment we're speaking today, I've had a deep-down peace that hasn't gone away, and that's how I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So you've left the dairy cows behind? <laughs> Begrudgingly. Yeah, yeah. My parents, I was just there yesterday. We were building a garage for them, and... And uh, they they don't have any animals anymore. <laughs> oh, dang. It's sad and it's a relief. 
<laughs> That's amazing, Father. Thank you for sharing that. I just I love that that God affirmed um, that you are worthy, right? That yeah. He affirmed your identity before um, He launched you into your full mission. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to uh, offer a, a lot of times um, when we hear a word from the Lord for someone else. I mean, when I le- when I read a word of, from the Lord in Scripture, it it's for me. But it's not just for me, right? How ridiculous would it be if if Dan and I were getting into fights over our favorite scripture verse? Because oh, that's your favorite; that can't be mine, right? <laughs> and and uh, that word that that God spoke to you so clearly. I wonder if Father, if if you would just uh, if you would prayerfully just speak that word over our listeners today. Uh, I w- I'm going to give you both parts, okay? Yeah. The two, the two words I heard that night. The first part again is. Your life is worth nothing without me. And then the second part, but you're worthy. Amen. We receive that, Lord, and we pray that that word will, will be uh, able to be received by our listeners today. If, if that's a word that you need to hear, we pray that that would take root in your heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So, Amen. Father, you're in seminary. Um, what's God doing in your life during sem- well, when you were in seminary? What was God doing? You know what? During seminary, like before seminary, it was like my life was just like everything's awesome and everything was just, you know, so easy. And when I went to prayer, I felt the Lord and everything was great. And then I went to seminary and then dun dun dun, you know, <laughs> it was just like. It's because you met Dan. So and I had some health issues. What'd you say? It's because you met Dan. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's funny, yeah. So anyway. Um, <laughs> I kid. No, actually, Dan was like, I would love to hear what Dan's experience was of going to seminary. It's such a <laughs> weird culture, and I would have to think that he experienced that, where it's like these guys who are just doing nothing but studying all the time, and even at like the lunch table, we're just talking about Books. you know academic stuff. And so then Dan kind of walks out of the situation, like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at this youth group, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm like... Oh, I remember my days of youth ministry. Mm-hmm. So I was having some, I was having some jealousy. I even went down and helped out a few times down there. Yeah, so, um, I would say that seminary was difficult for me. Yeah. There was the peace never went away, but um, just this life of intellectual stuff. It just was a. I'm just so much happier to be a priest and yep. not doing ministry. <laughs> well, it's good to know, Father, that your vocation was not to seminary. <laughs> yeah, very good. Definitely very good to know that. Yeah, I, th- I, think, so. that's, I think that's such a, a beautiful um, reflection of the Father. That I think sometimes our, um, our pursuit of God has to be a pursuit of God, not a pursuit of intellectualism. And, uh, and that the intellect is meant to help us get to God, and, uh, but it, sometimes we can just um, we can pursue um, – the study of God without actually pursuing the God about (laughs) which we study. We can make an idol. Idols wouldn't be very effective if they weren't attractive, right? Well, what was so interesting is I ran into a guy, and I still remember to this day, and I've got a terrible memory, but right before I went to seminary, I met a Protestant gentleman. He goes, oh, you're going to seminary? I said, yes. He goes, you just make sure that there are two fires you're building, your intellectual fire but then also your spiritual fire. And if you're not maintaining your spiritual fire during your time in seminary, um, you're in trouble. Mm, That's a good word. I would go back to that pretty often. And I think that is so true. And like you were saying, it's very easy to do that in an intellectual environment. Mm -hmm. 
So, so you're you're a priest, and what's the, what's been the greatest joy of priesthood? Um, you know, I would just say my every day, just being with the people just brings me so much joy. Like I go on vacation and I'm gone for two weeks and the whole time I'm like, I want to get back to my family. Yeah. You know, I, I just like my every day. I like giving them my high fives at the end of mass to the little kids and start walking out of church. I just like the everyday, um, the everyday things. Uh, but obviously, you know, Spending time hearing confessions just brings me so much joy. Mm-hmm. Um, just really challenging the people. And then just seeing, I feel like at my parish, the first year or two was just me trying to give the parish back to the people and saying, like, this is yours. Let's, you know, take it. Like, let's go. Let's, you take these ministries on. And, and seeing people thrive in their roles has just brought me so much joy. That's great. So, yeah. Father, I was at your parish earlier this month, and I just want to affirm that like it, it felt like such a family. And I don't know if I've ever been to, in a parish where it felt so familial, um, where uh, you just had just a carefree timelessness for your children. And what, I wonder what what was it that inspired that spiritual fatherhood into you, and how does how do we as Christians kind of live as spiritual fathers, as pastors? You know, it's interesting you bring that up. Um, I don't want to get hate mail here, um, but I was <laughs> but you surprised. Do. <laughs> I was surprised. I was I was I was surprised before I went to seminary how hard it was to, to have access to a priest, mm. and that they were they seemed like they were you know often distant. And then when I went to seminary, I'm like, oh, we've got all these priests living in, in this building, and to some degree, it would be sometimes even hard to have access to them, and. I look at our culture, how it is so desiring of fatherhood. And so the whole time I was in seminary, the number one thing I told myself is the only thing I don't want to become is an absentee father. Wow. That's the one thing I don't want to become. And I know, I know that those high fives um, and just that approachability and just making myself present yeah. is so important to these young people. And, you know, just like every kid, they're, they're always like, where's dad at right now? Like, in the back of their mind, they always want to know where Dad's at. Hmm. I think in the same way, my people like to know where I'm at. And so I just, you know, sometimes I'll just even tell people after mass, like, oh, this is what's going on today. And I think they really like that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. No, so, do. But I would say, why do I do this? It's via negativa. It's as a response to the lack that I've seen in my life. Yeah. Well. Well, that's amazing. I just want to affirm that you you do that so well, and that you bless <clears throat> you bless your parishioners so well. Even I mean, spiritual fatherhood is sometimes interesting because what? How old are you, Father? I am thirty seven years old. <laughs> so imagine a thirty seven year old being asked to be the spiritual father for like sixty year olds, you know. And um, but you actually do it so well that you're mm-hmm. present with them and you love them and you care for them um, with the heart of a father, which is beautiful. And um, your your parish is exploding right now with growth, and and it's growing really fast. And so, what do you attribute that growth to? You know what? To to some large degree, is I just got out of the way. You know, we just got out of the way. Um, our school obviously has a big part in it, and we've kind of gone away from kind of like a, the way that most Catholic schools operate and that we've just tried to get rid of, you know, maybe books that are not ideal. Um, we try to instill, like, the, the Dominican Virtue Program into our school. We have four-day-a-week Mass. 
we just have made the most important things the most important things. Yeah. And I love that. the secondary things, secondary things. And these families, they crave that. Like they want to see authentic Catholic schools. And so the school <laughs> thriving has helped the church to thrive. Who, who doesn't want to see that, right, Father? <laughs> you know, uh, as, as Catholic families, as a dad myself, like I, I want to see the faith fully alive in my family. You want to see the faith fully alive in your parish. Our, our mm-hmm. you know, our, our school teachers, our principals, they want to see the faith fully alive in their schools. And if I had to say, knowing you in the last, you know, in the last year or more, that, Father, what, what strikes me about you and um, what, I'd, what I'd love to invite you to speak about a little bit is that you are never satisfied uh, with the status quo. And that, you know, there's, there's, this, there's this reality in our lives that as, as we, as God grows us, he also calls us to stretch so that he can fill us again. Um, and I wonder how many of our listeners today might be in a place of, you know, uh, dare I say, a little complacency that, that I've received the Lord, that I've received my fill, and that I'm satisfied with the status quo. And I've, I've seen you, Father Ben, as, as just a man of incredible hunger. And I wonder if you might speak of, of how that hunger has been filled and stretched you to new expressions and understandings of, of, of God's plan for your priesthood? Oh, that's a great question. Um, first off, I've always been told, like, you know, the school, the Catholic school, you know, it puts a real burden on the parish. <laughs> and yet we found that when we are faithful here at the parish, the school actually blesses and helps increase the parish. Yeah, and praise the Lord. Well, okay, and, so that's the good. Well, I think uh, you've made the changes, though, too, like that a lot of people are afraid to make. So like, instead of saying, I mean, cause I think a lot of priests know intuitively in their heart, what, how to be a spiritual father, but then they're afraid, you know, it's like the dad at home that knows their kid shouldn't be watching this TV show, but they don't say anything about it. Or they, they know that, you know, this, this clothing's immodest, but then they don't tell their daughter not to wear it. You know, it's like the dad who just doesn't act, even though he knows because God's guiding him as a dad, how to act. You've made those choices where you're like, no, I, I know we should go to mass this, like every day. So we're going to go to mass like every day with the students. And, and it's just like, people didn't re- like bring pitchforks and dairy cows to kill you. They, they got behind it. Right. Like, and well, which is it's, amazing. It's been, di- it's been difficult because, you know, we as a father or as a farmer, you know, <laughs> you have to continue to, you know, shepherd the sheep and you have to kind of keep tilling the soil and one of the biggest things, one of the biggest challenges, I think, for priests is we are very slow to let people go. And it's, for most priests, because we just want to love everybody, we too often keep people employed that that's not their actual right fit for employment. Mm. And so we've, we've done a lot of, um, we've really looked to see, okay, are these people, is this really the best position for their gifts? And yeah. As we've continued to improve our staff, what's happened is there are new teachers that have our same vision at the door. Like, can we come in? Yeah. Can we come work? That's great. So, so, uh, so that's one thing. Well, that's a win-win because everyone wants to be successful, right? Everyone wants to to be fulfilled in their work. And and I think teachers want to feel like they're on a winning team. Yeah, yeah, so that's great. That, that's one thing. Um, I've done. Again, I, I don't have a lot of really wonderful original ideas, but I've done a good job of listening uh, to my people. 
And, um, and when I hear something that's true, even if it seems difficult, if it's true, then I'm like, okay, we need to do something. I've got about uh, 300 families at my parish, and we decided we were going to do this new building project. And uh, Dan, you saw it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, where are we going to get $2 million to do this? And I'm like, okay, you know what? You cannot have this scarcity mindset. You need to have trust. And you know what? Over the past year, the Lord has provided that $2 million. Mm-hmm. And looking forward, there was a financial little thing that happened here uh, a couple months ago. And I'm like, you know what? You're not allowed to doubt or worry anymore about finances with the way the Lord has provided for you. You're not allowed to do this anymore. <laughs> um, so I like how you talk to yourself. <laughs> yeah. you got to... Sometimes, I, you know, I need chewed out. Uh-huh. I, I know that worry and uh, all that is not of the Lord. He doesn't take any delight in it. Amen. So, so what, what's yeah. God doing in your priesthood that's new? You know, the Lord says, behold, I make all things new. How has God been refreshing your priesthood? <laughs> well, I've come, I've come to uh, you bringing my high schoolers and uh, middle schoolers to your camp there at Catholic <laughs> And... Then, but, you know, did that for a few years. And then one of my buddies was like, you got to come to this encounter retreat. It's incredible. you got to come to this encounter retreat. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then he sent it to me. I start looking at the, the lineup of speakers. And I'm like, holy cow, Aaron's there. Yeah. Aaron's there. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about the rest of these people, but I know that I get a kick out of these guys. So, uh, <laughs> And then, wow, I got rocked. Like, I'm a Roman Catholic priest. I'm in the church business. I've been, you know, this has been my life. And I went to that retreat, and I saw things I've never seen before. Hmm. I was like, you know, all these healings and and just people getting set free. And I got these two, like, 20- or 21-year-old kids walk up to me. They're like, Father, can we pray with you? And they pray with me, and I was like, holy cow, they, they rocked me. You know, the Lord uh, through them rocked me. I'm like, oh, there's, you know what? We are not relying on the power of the Holy Spirit near enough. Because you know what? If we just had little converts, like, you know, like little, not converts, but, but people, like these two young people walking around all the time, we could transform yeah. America in no time. And so... <laughs> After what I experienced there, I said, you know what, man, we, we need to start praying over people. And then my two, two of my uh, young youth ministers from my parish, they came back from the Sikh conference. Yep. Uh, they heard Father Phelan at the Sikh conference, and they're like, his talk was like the best ever, and we need to start praying over people. And I thought, oh, Lord, you're confirming it. <laughs> and so we have, so on Monday nights, we've got our young adult uh, get-together after our 7 o'clock Mass, and and uh, we've got a holy hour before that. And we get together and we just start praying over people. And then the Lord just keeps sending us more people to pray over. And I, could, I, could, I, could, I cannot even tell you how many people we prayed over <laughs> in the past three months. But it's been amazing. People we pray over, their depression gone. You know, they're just finding themselves living in forgiveness and just being quick to forgive after they've been prayed over. Uh, we especially like to follow kind of like the unbound model yeah. that Neil Lozano has kind of laid out. Um, but then a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was with 
Aaron. I was with you at the uh, Prophetic School of Healing Ministry, and or not Healing Ministry, but um, the School of Prophetic Ministry. I think that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. And um, I was prayed over by Father Thalen, and there was just a new boldness. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna see. I'm gonna put myself out there, and I'm gonna ask the Lord to start healing people that we pray over. And in the past two weeks, we've been seeing healings like crazy. <laughs> Again, uh, like concussions, brain injuries. Yeah. You know, it's just been, I'm like, is this real life? Praise the Lord. This is, is this like real life? Church. This is real life. This is what, this is what everyday Christian life is supposed to look like. That's awesome, Father. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got four kids at home and um, it's funny when, when I, when, when 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 one of our kids has a has a birthday and gets a birthday gift, uh, the other ones aren't shy to say what they want, right? And <laughs> and to say, you know, I want to play with that. Can we play with that? Uh, my my daughter Rowan just turned five and she got a Lego set. And Diggory, my eight year old, woke her up at like six a.m. the next day to ask if they could play Legos together, right? <laughs> and uh, I I wonder if if that's a component of what it's like to be childlike in our faith that. That Father, you just strike me as one who, when you see what's working, when you see what's good, when you see what God has and what God's doing in others, you don't you don't go back and get frustrated that He's not doing it. You just say, "I want that. Can I have that, Lord? Would you would you give me that too, that I may do this good work?" And uh, it's such such a such a good witness. Thank you for saying yes, and thank you for always staying hungry. Oh. Praise Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Father, could you tell us Praise a story Jesus. of maybe, like, in prayer ministry, someone's life that was just transformed? Um, you know what? Uh, I'll tell you the story about when we were at the Encounter Weekend. Uh, you guys talked about the fact that sometimes the Lord will highlight somebody. Yep. And so a couple Saturdays ago, we're at a Mediterranean restaurant there in Brighton, <laughs> and all of a sudden, a guy walks in, and Father Peter Wigden and I look at each other, and we're like, we're supposed to pray over this guy. And he was 35 years old, and he had just had brain surgery. And, you know, he, the waiter was going to sit him somewhere else, but then he ended up, uh, the waiter's like, actually, I'll sit you over here, of course, right next to me. And then he bumped me, and then we started a little conversation. And we found out that he was going to go church shopping this week because he's like, you know, I need to do, like, hold this whole body, mind, soul thing, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe I need to kind of help myself out. So his... uh wife's boss was going to help him find some place. <laughs> and we're like, oh, you know, there might be a church, like, right on the road you should get kind of, you should maybe check out. And so then his food came, and we kind of left it alone, and then you know, Father Peter and I were just talking, like, oh, we're going to pray over this dude before we leave here. <laughs> and so uh, afterwards, when we were getting ready to take off, he said, you guys taking off? And I said, well, actually, we really feel called to pray over you. And so he's like, okay. And and he, you know, we just 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 decided that he would come over to uh, the church there, and so he came over, and we prayed with him, and he just let go of so many things, like basically any kind of trauma that you can think of, forgiveness, father wounds. Uh, he mm, praise you know, the Lord. drove drove a girlfriend to a clinic when he was twenty. Um, you know, you just name it, and he just gave all of that over to the Lord. And my hand was on fire when we were praying with him, and he he could feel that heat just going down his arm. And then we prayed that the Lord would heal, that 
the Lord would heal his cancer that was this fast-growing brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, God willing, all I can say is, God willing, the next time he gets a scan, it's going to be healed. And I gave him my card. I go, please, 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 please uh, send me a message uh, when you find out what's going on. (laughs) But I told him, I go, but you know, no matter what, if you were to die tomorrow, your soul, like, you've really handed it all over to the Lord. Yeah, praise God. That's fantastic. And, And that boldness, like, Without that boldness of just saying, Lord, use me, I, I honestly feel like the people who do the gifts of the Holy Spirit are just simply people who say, Lord, use me. Like, that's what's <laughs> impressive about them, that they're willing. It's Amen. not that anything else. Yep. And, from, um, that's great, Father. Your, your story is such a good witness, you know, from, a, from an ordinary farmer boy all the way in <laughs> seminary and now leading an ordinary little parish that uh, <laughs> saying yes to God can unleash amazing gifts in your life. Father, would you give us your blessing as we close out this segment? Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And, and with your spirit. Almighty God, yeah, do, Almighty do God the bless thing. you all in the name of the Father <laughs> and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, such a, such a blessing having you here. You've been, you've been such a great impact on your parish and, um, and even on our work at Damascus, we, we've seen, uh, we've seen your kids just be transformed when they come and, and visit us for retreat and for camp. Uh, so thank you for thank you for answering your call and uh, and doing your part to transform our church. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, God bless you, Father. So you're listening to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Father, you're such a blessing to us. We will come right back after the break and dive more into the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. A lot of people listen to Catholic Radio and get great information to help build their faith and support their faith. But there are also people out there who haven't yet built a relationship with God, and Catholic Radio reaches them wherever they are. It evangelizes in a way like no other medium, and that's just one of the many reasons why Catholic Radio is so important. Jimmy Aiken thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. We've never told a generation of young people more frequently to love and believe in themselves. I don't think we've ever seen so much self-loathing, though. I think it's because our affirming talk is accompanied by a secularized, godless worldview that essentially says, you're a cosmic accident, you're no more than a lump of cells, your destiny is worm food, but believe in yourself. (laughs) All of humanity's achievements will ultimately end up as rubble, but you can accomplish anything. Give me a break. God's Word doesn't only teach us to follow the call in our hearts and believe in our worth, but shows us why. You're a child of God, created in His image and likeness. God found you worth dying for. You are destined for eternal glory. Your Heavenly Father loves you. Now, believe in yourself and follow your dreams. If there's a difference between secular self-help and the stuff you find here, it's that self-help that checks faith at the door for all the good you can find there just doesn't remotely compare. For more from my book, I Am, visit RewriteYourName.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. The EWTN home video highlight for June is Rites of Passage, Leaving Boyhood Behind. Drawing on the wisdom of church teaching, Jason Craig confronts the crisis of masculinity so many young men face in today's world. Order your DVD set and companion book at EWTNRC.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Or call 1-800-854-6316.
Welcome back to Encounter Radio, a show where we take ordinary people and launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Man, Father Ben's uh, testimony was so impactful. I, I just love working with him. I, I, I trust that over the radio waves, even, that you were able to just see the big smile on his face. He's a man that just radiates joy. You know, uh, Scripture says that the best way to know uh, the good work of the Holy Spirit, to know the presence of, of the Holy Spirit, is by the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And Father Ben is, is such a witness to, to joy and to peace and and his his confidence, his enthusiasm is just contagious. Yeah, you know, I think in in every aspect. So like he's just rocking it as a pastor, as a you know, with his school, with his parish, with his ministry. Just everything's going well. And you wonder, like, I think sometimes you think like, well, I can't do that yep. um, because I'm not good enough. And it's just the I think Father's a great example of what the real foundation of ministry is and the real foundation of life in Christ is, is humility. Like yeah. <laughs> that it's just that being yeah. the vessel willing to be used and God's, uh, you know, in the, in the old Testament, when the prophet wasn't proclaiming the word of God, the Lord used a, a donkey, you know, to preach uh, the gospel. And so like, if we, <laughs> if we're, if we're not going to be used, God's going to use whatever he has at his disposal yep. um, to bring people to him. And I think that, um, just that humility of Father just really brought brings forth the yeah. the fruit of the Holy Spirit in His life and the fruit of ministry. Yeah, and our lives are, are I think are are naturally motivated toward answering that question and exposing that desire that 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 question that was just bugging Father throughout his entire life is that it seems like there's something missing, right? And I know that's a I know that's a feeling that I've had in my own heart in the past. And and I would urge you when, when if if in your life you've ever felt that sense that man it seems like there's something missing that 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 may be in fact it it very well should be a, a prompting of God on your heart to continue to seek after the more that He has in store for you. Mm. Yeah, I kind of am really excited for heaven. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind which, of, which I guess is a good thing. Um, but I just, I love the Catholic understanding of a mystery. You yeah. know, like when we speak of the mystery of the Eucharist or the mystery of the Trinity, it's not like a murder mystery where like it's a problem to be solved. Yeah. It's actually the Greek understanding of mystery is um, an inexhaustible reality or an inexhaustible truth that is, um, you just can never exhaust it. And um, And I love the idea of looking at God as inexhaustible, like even mm-hmm. in heaven, we'll, we'll never fully like be like, okay, I got it. It's done. You know, like even in heaven, there's always like, there's just this constant inexhaustible, uh, like pursuit of the glory of God. And, yep. um, it, it, because I can spend all of eternity never growing tired of the beatific vision. Like yep. that's how inexhaustible God is. And, and I want that inexhaustibility, if you will, to start now. Now. Like, Amen. oh man, like I can't get to the point in my spiritual life where I'm like, okay, I've experienced this, I've done this, <laughs> I've done this, I've seen God move. Like, that's ridiculous. God is so much bigger that all of the, for all of eternity, I'm going to be amazed by God when I'm in heaven. I better be amazed by God right now that like Amen. my mind is blown by just how incredible he is. And Lord, I just pray that you would just like, just amaze us amaze your church again allow yeah. us to just like just have wonder and all again holy spirit pour out wonder and all upon your people that we would just sit back and say my goodness you are so amazing god like i yeah. love words like awesome um <laughs> like the god is f- like 
full of awe. Like, it's just so awesome. Like, like, just do we know how amazing God is, you know? And do we spend our time in prayer um, just diving into just this un- understanding that he's just so much bigger than us? Yeah. There's a lot to be said for, for entering into that process in our prayer life, you know? Every night you go home at the end of the day, and if it hasn't already, your cell phone's going to be down to the down to the bottom of the barrel in terms of its, its you know its battery. and And what do you do? You plug it in beside your bed every night. And I think so many times we kind of we kind of go through life, especially in our spiritual journey, sort of satisfied or at the very least resigned to the fact that like I, I, I'm I'm not at a level that I'm happy with, or mm-hmm. I, I'm not at a level where I feel fulfilled. I'm not at the place where I know God wants me to be. I'm not fulfilling my potential. And, you know, how terrible would it be if, uh, <laughs> you know, we're so addicted to our to our phones. How terrible would it be if if my reaction to, like, the fact that my cell phone battery is running low would just be like, oh, man, here I am, just resigned to <laughs> have a battery that's at 1%, right? No, we we will go out of our way to find that way, to plug it in, to get that extra bit so that we can feel safe again, so that we can feel confident and comfortable again. And so too in our life, you know, if you're feeling that empty spot in your heart, if you're feeling that, uh, that yearning, um, there's a reason that that's there. It's because it's, you're a human being. It's your, it's your, it's your indicator that God's given you to know that you need him, that we need to lean on him, that we need to push in. And, uh, yeah, yeah, our invitation to you today would be that when you, when you're faced with that challenge, when you're faced with that sense, um, that we understand that God's promise is so much bigger. You know, we need to push in in prayer and, and going back to what the, the comment that Father Ben made that I think is just so critical is that at, at the times where we feel weakest, at the times where we feel emptiest, at the times where we feel like we're most in need of God's glory to pour into our life, in my own experience, the best way to find him is actually to say yes in embracing our mission or our missionary call, right? That we as human beings are not made to live in a bubble. We're not made to live in isolation. We're not made to exercise Christianity in a way that is um, self-focused, right? That all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given for the upbuilding of the church, and if they're not going to be used for the upbuilding of the church, they're not going to be given. Yep. So why does why does a humble man like Father Ben, why is he seeing these radical signs like in his young adult group, in his parish? Why is he seeing people healed of of disease? Why is he seeing this this the, the Lord work in in a beautiful um uh, prophetic ministry in his life? It's because he's saying yes. It's because he's putting himself in uncomfortable situations, and once again, I can just attest in in working with him that this is the this is the the uh, the daily routine of his life to say, God, how can I allow you to stretch me, and how can I say yes to the call, whatever it is, yeah, whatever you've placed before me, and I, I pray that that would be our response as well. Yeah, I was with Father last month, and we we're at his school, and he um he's like, Dan, Dan, I've got this teacher, I've been like dying to pray with i'm i'm gonna go ask her if we can pray for her and like we go and it it was just it was so amazing because he's got like a a, a teacher an employee who he like wants to minister to and instead of like waiting for her to come to him he goes to her (laughs) you know it's not like jesus isn't like okay lost sheep of israel like come to me please like he goes after the lost sheep and um and there was just this like zeal and this like childlike joy the father was so excited 
to pray. And, um, and he had been praying strategically with all of his teachers over yeah. like the last couple months. And like this teacher, like had, had a lot of wounds and she had like heard about uh, like other people getting prayed with. And so she was kind of hungry for it, yep. but scared. And yep. it was just so cool that, um, you know, like you got to take the first step yep. and, and, uh, I, you know, we're not all priests, but that doesn't mean we're not all called to yeah. be ministers of the gospel. And maybe it's a coworker that you feel called to pray with. Maybe yeah. it's a, a child or a spouse, um, a family member. You've got to take the first step. Yeah. Like, be bold. Go after the lost <laughs> sheep. Don't wait for the lost sheep to come to you. Dan, I got an idea. Let's, instead of talking about the, uh, of, of taking the first step, let's, let's take the first step. All okay, right. how do we how are we going to do that? Great. So we want to activate what God's doing and what God's spoken through this time. And um I, I wonder if we might just be able to draw to mind right now in in kind of a as as we close out the show today in in partnership with the Lord. Is there a person, is there a relationship, is there a situ- situation in my life where I'm I I I am I'm waiting for something to happen to bring it to conclusion. I'm waiting for that person who's distant to reach out and call. I'm waiting for that perfect opportunity for us to, you know, pass each other in the in the hallway or or whatever the case may be. What am I waiting for? And then let's just ask the Lord God, how could I go out of my way to take the first step? And I wonder if that's a phone call, I wonder if that's a, a text message to a loved one. I'm wondering if that's if that's you, you know, uh taking the first step, if that's you saying the first word, if that's you um, taking that first move toward reconciliation for an argument that you had this morning, whether that's you uh, going and, and picking up the kids from school today and in, in with a smile on your face, if that's you uh, reaching out in a way that that may not be an expectation, that may not be fair, but that that you can step out and actually take that first step in saying, Lord, use me, extend grace through my words and through my actions. And let, let's let's close in prayer today. Jesus, we give this time to you. God, we give the authority to you in our life to take that first step. God, take action and take action through us. You want to change the world and you want to change the world through us. So Jesus, we put ourselves at your disposal. God, if, if like Father Ben, you want to speak to us through new and powerful ways of prayer, you, we pray that you'd give us the courage to say yes for praying for healing, to say yes for praying for your word to be done in somebody's life, for your word to be delivered into somebody's situation. God, give us the courage and the boldness to to listen to you and to respond. Jesus, thank you for the work you're doing in us and through us. God, we pray that you would bless um, the work in us and that, that you would call us to a place to, to be able to respond to what you're doing. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you've been blessed by today's show, you can find out more about Encounter Radio at EncounterRadio.org. That's EncounterRadio.org. Or you can download our podcast, Encounter Radio, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much. We'll join you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you.